Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Good afternoon, good evening, my friends. Welcome to Agitators Anonymous. The last couple of weeks, I've been sort of experimenting with releasing some of the podcasts over on my YouTube channel, some not, trying to see what way that works with views, that kind of thing. But today is a coordinated attack after the attack. Creator. Over my YouTube channel, you can go and watch me on my ugly mug uh, discuss creator. There's some vinyl porn. There's some old T-shirt porn. And then there's a, a lot of willful ignorance post about 1995, as is most of my opinions about heavy metal. Um, so this is going to be a podcast about um, one of the big four of the German Teutonic thrash movement, and that's creator. And like I said, if you want to go over on my YouTube channel, follow the links in the description and you can find your way to look at my ugly mug discussing these exact things. Before we go on, a bit of housekeeping, and that is that the show is sponsored by Metal Blade. 40 years of independence in the metal scene is something indeed, and you can go over to the, well, to IndieMerch.com slash Metal Blade. The description is below, and you can use the promo code AA24, and you can buy, finally, that bastard Irish green version of the new primordial album. Why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you? There's also a link. I'm going to post it underneath to a couple of playlists I made with some old Metal Blade stuff there. So if you don't know it, go over and check it out. There's some amazing stuff from the 80s, Sirithungal, Fate's Warning, um, and many, many other bands. Now, quite a few of you have been in touch about uh, the band Winthrow, who I um, took on as a sponsor over the last month, and um, seems the reaction was great to their blackened style of folk metal going back a podcast or two if you want to check those links but for this episode we have a new sponsor and this is an Irish band called Adversary um, which you should probably hear underneath this and it's a blackened doom metal band based down in Wexford in Ireland um, two brothers and my old friend Shane from Death the Lever Mail Mortar on the drums and all that kind of thing strong stuff powerful stuff and next Tuesday, you're going to hear a full song. And if you're listening to this thinking, this is quite a good way to maybe uh, promote my demo band. The numbers are big on the podcast. Well, I mean, relatively. 
relatively speaking, a captive audience of a, well, I shall not divulge our number, but a captive audience if you want to put your music across to some people who are eager to hear some new sounds. Follow the links underneath if you think Adversary sounds interesting to you and wait for the song next Tuesday. All right. Now, let's get on with it. This is, uh, like I said, about a half an hour, 35 minutes, 40 minutes of my rough guide to creator. And we'll get back to the politics or the culture or the whatever else we fancy next week. Right then, enjoy your weekend, you dirty, dirty dogs and miscreants. All right, let's do it. Call from the grave. This one is about creator, creator. Yep, last time, last one about Dayside went down pretty well. I've been neglecting the whole, that whole thing, whatever it is. Um, could you neglect it? I don't know. Wearing a t-shirt of my favorite album ever today. However, uh, not talking about Holy Terror, going to talk about creator. Um, when I was a kid, my favorite of the big four German thrash bands. Um, still probably that's true. Not sure, um, either them or Sodom. However, back in the day, Noise used to make um, jumpers, kind of jumpers, like sports jumpers. Um, this won't be any use to you, but it's a kind of thick, heavy cloth. This is one from 86, 87. Um, I never liked shirts that had band names on the back. I always thought that was a bit weird to have somebody's name. Hey, Jorg, just written on the back of your T-shirt. Hey, Jorg. Um, however, you know, you didn't mind too much in the 19... 19- whenever I got this because, um, when the fuck did I get this? I don't know, sometime in the early 90s, because just having a creator t-shirt, especially an old one, a pleasure to kill one, was such a fucking thing. Um, But of course, like everything, I cut it up and cut, um, you know, cut all the bottoms off it. And it was a weird fitting thing. Anyway, what the fuck am I talking about? Yeah, creator formed in, according to doing a little bit of reading before this. Now, creator's history is is by now 40, what, 42 fucking years um, 1982, they started the same year as Sodom and stuff. Um, and it says they were called Metal Militia in the beginning, which seems a bit weird because Metal Militia, the song, doesn't come out until 1983 on um, Kill Em All. Or is Metal Militia on the Power Metal demo from 82, which is maybe where they got the name from? Maybe. So maybe I should have thought about that. Um, before I said that, not very heavy metal, heavy ma- anti-heavy metal nerd point to me. Anyway, that's the first of your t-shirt porn. There's some vinyl porn in this one, although it does stop at a certain year and era. And if you've been watching me do these call from the grave things, you're probably going to guess most of the things that I'm going to say, most of my opinions about the production, the dynamics, the albums, the tones. But it is the way it is. Um, so, yes... A little bit of t-shirt porn to begin with. And then the band changed their name to, I think, Tyrant. Um, and then Tormentor. And then Creator, if I am not mistaken. Tyrant. Um, actually, there's a very good American band called Tyrant. Too Late to Pray as well. Um, stuff like that. But we're not here to talk about them either. We're here to talk about Creator. And also, Creator is a bit different. They're a band that I saw in 1990. So I saw them in the old days in a way. I didn't see Sodom until maybe 96 or 97. I um, never saw Tanker till the 2000s. Um, Destruction, maybe until 2000. Their creator was just, they were just on a little bit different level of popularity, and especially in the UK and Ireland. So I'm going to try and go through um, all, I mean, um, let me just have a look. What is it, 15 albums? 15 albums by now, I think so. 
Um, so I might have to do a part one and a part two. That's my screen illuminating me there. The um, the glory of Wikipedia um, leading my path through the latter albums because like most um, old thrash metal and old speed metal or old um, fans of a band, there's a certain sort of cutoff point where you begin to sort of lose your way. Lose your way. But let's start at the start. Endless Pain. Um, this is my second copy of this because my first copy, an old friend of mine from when we were kids, um, he, for some reason, there's the original inlay of the Sabbat story in my, <laughs> in this one. Sabbat, there's a band we should talk about. Very strange. Okay, very cool. Um, didn't know about that. Um, but look, first album, I mean, it's pretty fucking metal, right? There's even a Man of War patch on display there on the arm. Um, much to the chagrin of all the punk credentials Creator would later espouse. Like most of those bands, um, I think there's a moment, you can see in the beginning, there's a moment where they hear Venom and everybody's just all speed metal and Satan and studs and nails. And then there's a small bit of revisionist history goes on as they, go, as they get a year or two past that and they get into hardcore and punk and stuff like that, which is totally fair enough. But you can still see like um, how it became cooler maybe by 1988, 89, 1990 to wear Bad Religion shirts than a Man of War shirt. Um, although Millet's Bad Religion shirt, I think in the Toxic Trace video, no, no, he's not. He's wearing a Ludacris shirt. That's fucking nerdism uh, right there. Um, or is he wearing Ludacris? I'm pretty sure. Ooh, it got me thinking now. Anyway, he wasn't wearing a Man of War shirt. This album is just total speed metal. It's total fucking speed metal. Um, I think I read some quote from Millet who said they went into the studio and the engineer goes, oh, it sounds like punk. And they were like, what, the, what are you fucking talking about? It's just speed metal. Um, still at this time, you have Millet and um, Ventor sharing vocal duties, kind of going back and forth. And it's a pretty cool way to do things. Millet um, has a fucking ripping um, proto-black metal voice, or whatever you want to call it, it's a fucking ripping voice. And Ventor sings like half of the songs. But it's also killer artwork. I mean, this is your fucking debut record. Those bands back then, they got things sometimes so fucking right in the sign of evil. And the first tankard as well. I mean, even look at um, Destruction, the imagery on Sentence of Death, but also Infernal Overkill. Um, all, take Infernal Overkill, this... Um, Endless Pain, there are, this is of course Endless Pain, Inside of Evil, striking, striking artwork. The same with Tankard, even though I'm not a big Tankard fan. Um, I mean, that is just such a fucking bold move as your debut album cover. The way the hell thing is done, it looks fucking amazing. Um, Total Death, Storm of the Beast, Tormentor, Son of Evil, um, Flag of Hate. Flag of Hate, which subsequently we would get lectures on later creator gigs about how the flag of hate wasn't really about hate. You know what? It's the impetuosity of youth. You're a young man, you're allowed to write some um, over-the-top lyrics and not have to um, apologise for them. You know, I mean, if we were all to apologise for things we said and did at 17, 18 and 19, or 16 as the case may be, um, what am I talking about? Great record. Really great record. Um, great production. Um, really fucking wild, open sound. Uh, and it's a very bold start. It's a bold start. I mean, if you would see this on a record, on the on the wall of a record store in 1985, you would be like, yeah, 
that's what I'm spending my fucking money on. Um, it's a great, it's a great start, great beginning, uh, and it lays out creator stall perfectly. Now, there was a, a real, um, what can we say? A real, a beautiful thing in eighties, early eighties heavy metal was the EP. Um, and there are so many killer EPs. In fact, me and Joe from Gamma Bomb are going to do a discussion only on the Metal Salvage, on the, the Metal EPs. And Flag of Hate is maybe my favorite sounding creator. Now that's going to, you know, discuss people who love modern sounds. But this is caustic. This is violent sounding record. This is, the guitar tone is just fucking acid. It's fucking amazing. Um, and these are re re redone versions of, um, you know, Flag of Hate uh, or Flag of Hate from Endless Pain. Um, artwork is a bit odd, but very cool. And, you know, Millet with his old Rico BC Rich on the back, the belly top. Not sure what's going on there, but, you know, if you can rock a belly top, rock a belly top. Um, but like I said, this Flag of Hate, Take Their Lives and Awakening of the Gods. Awakening of the Gods is maybe the greatest creator song that never actually made it onto a record. Um, it's on a very different scope to um, very different scope to Endless Pain. It's a big, epic song. In fact, we talked about, we were going to do with Primordial one time, a um, like something like a, I suppose, a covers um, EP or a covers album or something, a song, famous songs we liked from the 80s, and we we're all going to pick one or two. And Awakening of the Gods was in that shuffle pack, that shuffle pack to cover. And Ventor on the back rocket a DRI shirt. Yeah, you can see what I'm start talking about starting to creep into with all the metal bands that began to see how fucking crazy and fast some of those early hardcore were. were. It just took a little while before it got there, until I think it was about 84. Um, like you can see with Slayer, they don't start wearing the shirts really until sometime around after Hell Awaits or something like this. Um, it's a bone of contention because um, I think a lot of um, punk revisionist 90s journalism claimed a lot of speed metal as punk, but it wasn't. It was just speed metal. It owed more to Exciter, Venom, Black Metal, Judas Priest, um, you know, uh, Double Pedal and Motorhead than it did to, you know, punk rock of the time. Uh, certainly 1977 punk rock, but that was the nature of things. If you played fast, this is how it went. Um, and because, you know, as I said, metal became sort of journalistic persona non grata, that's just how things were. But this is, this is like I've talked about before, Haunting the Chapel about being pro, Haunting the Chapel being proto-death metal. Um, Awakening of the Gods, uh, you could say that about this as well. Um, this is an OG vinyl, sadly split down the, the spine here. Um, you know what? I don't want my old records to be perfect. I like them when they're kind of worn Um I like them when they're a bit fucked up. But somewhere or other, I have a seven-inch of... Um, I can't remember the seven-inch. And I was out on the piss drinking whiskey one night in some bar and at some gig. And I had nowhere to put it. I put it down the back of my fucking pants. This is a really stupid story. I don't want to tell you this. Um, and it destroyed the cover. I just forgot about it. And I took it out. And the next day, I was like, what the fuck? And I went, well, you know what? That's the seven-inch you bought when you were out being an idiot drinking whiskey. And that's the memory of it. I don't want things to look perfect. So this this record has been played and battered around. Um, Flag of Hate. If you, It's on the bonus ends of all of those CDs. I'm not sure which one, but it's probably on the bonus of Terrible Certainty. But most definitely, this is creator at some of their most violent. Um, and it's subsequently my favorite. 
Where are we? Well, now we're getting to the big dogs, right? We're getting to the, um, this. Arguably top 10 metal albums ever made. Uh, certainly top 10 extreme met records from the 80s. Um, could be the greatest thrash metal. If you said to me, this is, this is the greatest thrash metal album of all time, um, and I said, yeah, what about Darkness Descends? And you went, nah, this is one for me. Um, you could argue that. Again, full metal on the, on the Satan's Claw, rocking on the back. Um, this is a very old battered copy. It's even got a little bit of like, um, I'm sure I fucking done something stupid with it when I was a kid, spilled coffee and other something. <laughs> a nightmare for all you record collectors. Um, but it's, it's Pleasure to Kill is, the very first time I heard this was somewhere around about 1988, maybe. There was a, a guy in my school um, in the year above me, um, and he used to bring in cassettes sometimes, and when he would remember, and he gave me, um, I think, I'm pretty sure like this, maybe it was early 88. This was on one side, I think Obsessed by Cruelty might have been on the other side. Um, and, I mean, the opening choir that damned into Ripping Corpse, Death is Your Saviour, Death is Your Saviour, that's a brutal song. Pleasure to Kill, of course, Ride of Violence with Ventor singing, one of his last songs he sings, I think. So it'd be The Pestilence, The Command of the Blade, um, Carrion, Carrion. These, these are proto-death metal songs. Um, under the Guillotine, this is... You know, this is for me the greatest creator album. It's again absolutely iconic artwork, um, absolutely iconic artwork. In a way, the perfect record, absolutely perfect record, perfect tone, perfect vocals, roto tom fucking madness going on. Um, and look at that fucking artwork. It says everything you need to know about this album. Back when the dynamics and aesthetic were just crystal clear, there was no messing about. Bands were not fucking about with, oh, maybe we need to put in a little fucking bit of rush or a little bit of this, or a little bit of post-punk. This is just um, an absolute brick to the head. And that is the gonzoid beauty of this old kind of heavy metal. It is, doesn't second-guess itself for a moment. It is only about one thing, violence. Um, and that's what it is. And that is the blueprint of the OG heavy metal. Um, hatred and fucking violence. <laughs> and that's why you don't get really records like this anymore. Um, more or less. Um, yeah, I mean it's absolute. It's a stormer. It's 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 absolutely incredible. And you've got um, yeah, it just makes me want to go and play it. Nineteen eighty six. Um, and if you think about the records that came out in nineteen ninety six, for maybe this darkness descends are two the only two records that really maybe compete with Rain of Blood. High praise indeed. Now, this is a um, this is a room splitter. Creator, terrible, uh, obviously it's fucking creator, come on brain. Terrible Certainty, again, classic artwork. Um, we get the famous, you know, image on the back. Um, terrible Certainty, a song about AIDS, which was quite a misunderstood um, thing happening in the world in the 1980s. Um, Mr. Fauci. Um and I'm pretty sure there's some comments and lyrics in here that Millet wouldn't be too um, behind now. We won't go into those. But this is a room splitter. Some people, a friend of mine calls it certainly terrible, which I don't understand at all. It's one of the first ones I heard. I think I maybe heard this a little bit before Pleasure to Kill. Um, and I have a really soft spot for this record. Um, uh, like I said, you know, with the terrible certainty thing, 
I mean, like I said, um, young men are young men. And there, I was one once. <laughs> and I was very, very dumb. I'm very, very stupid. <laughs> There's no doubt about that. What am I fucking talking about? Yeah, this is a brilliant record. Storming with Menace, As the World Burns, Blind Faith, Toxic Trace, Toxic Trace, which has a killer video for it. No Escape, One of Us Behind the Mirror. Um, I think it's when they've, they went to a slightly different studio. You can hear there's something else going on in the production here. I, know, I must admit, one of the few things I dislike about old creator is um, Rob's bass tone. It's a kind of nothing bass tone when you compare it to the sudden bass tone or even um, Shmir's bass tone. It's very... It's just like somebody just plugged straight into a little tiny app and went, yeah, that's it, the first sound. Um, it works, but... And maybe it's because of that that the guitarists have so much bite. But this record has um, got some strange mid-high-end energy going on that I think now to probably somebody who's grown up with modern thrash metal, they find it, might find it very strange. But... Um, to me, it just adds to the brutality of the record. It adds to the violence. Um, and songs like Storming with Menace, like I said, this is hysterical. The, the, the singing and the, um, you know, the chorus. Brilliant record. Fucking brilliant record. It's not Pleasure to Kill, but it's a fucking brilliant record. And I think maybe Millet's vocals here are at their most extreme, perhaps. Uh, certainly a fucking amazing record. Um, I'm not going to bother giving the marks out of 10. Uh, I don't think I've started. Oh, I've, I've forgotten two things here, actually. Um, let's do, let's just go back one moment. So this is, um, this is, how could I forget this? This is After the Attack, which is a very rare creator record, which is, as you can see, just Pleasure to Kill. And it's just Pleasure to Kill, but with the song after the attack tagged on to the end of side one. Now after the attack I think appeared on some of the noise records um, compilations which I probably should have found there. Um, Doomsday News. Um, I probably should have found them to illustrate my point. It's also on the on the b-side of this seven inch Motorhead Stupids. Stupids Meet Jesus. Quite a good record if you want to check out some crazy hardcore. Um, and this has uh, after the attack and Visual Aggression by Celtic Frost on it. After the Attack is one of my very favorite um, creator songs. It's in the vein of, um, it's in the vein of uh, Flag of Hate, that kind of caustic insanity. It's, it's the criminal that it isn't on a record, but um, I suppose it's on enough ends of CDs now that you've possibly all, all heard it. In fact, I don't know if it is uh, stuck on the end of any of those CDs. Maybe, maybe not. Probably something I should have done some research on but yeah after the attack um bought this for next to nothing back somewhere in the early 90s i think um proper collector's item that one um and now and now what have we got here oh behind the mirror 12 inch um again killer artwork what a killer fucking um mascot you know it's just a killer uh, mascot this has got gangland um as a cover on the on the B side, who the fuck is Gangland by? I can't remember. Um, you're going to be shouting at me in the in the comments. Um, this is this is going to sound good on the air. Yeah, it's um, Tigers of Pantang, is it not? I think so. Either way, not punk cover, that's for sure. Um, Behind the mirror. Great. I've disrupted myself. This is one of my 
again, very favourite artwork. Um, Out of the Dark into the Light was a sort of um, stopgap EP from 1988. Um, it's about the time, I think this might have been the very first one I bought with my own money. Um, and I mean, again, walk into a record shop and see that on the fucking wall. You're like, that's it. That's the fucking one I want. Um, Impossible to Cure, you've got Lambs of Slaughter as Raven, as a Raven cover, um, who also, incidentally, are not a punk rock band. Um, Impossible to Cure, who the fuck is Impossible to Cure? I should know that, shouldn't I? I should have researched this a bit more. Now you can watch me put my glasses on one more time. To um, Impossible to Cure is another newer British heavy metal band that I cannot remember. doesn't matter but this is the sort of the iconic you know lineup of creator with Rob on the bass and Tritze on the other guitar and this sort of bookends that first era I think of creator before things got a bit more professional a bit bigger the um, the B-side is Live at Dynamo, um, Awakening of the Gods, just vaguely out of tune to give it an even more evil edge. Skytracked, all these were recorded by Harris Johns, you know, um, who I met once, once, twice maybe, interesting dude. But he gave all those 80s records these this kind of um, unpolished sheen, you know, that gave them so much um, tone and aggression and dynamics and stuff. They were not compressed because they were wide open. Um, again, killer artwork, which incidentally... Leads me to a small bit of t-shirt porn, which is um, an original one of these, uh, which is a USA tour shirt from 1988. Um, that's a fucking long tour. I wouldn't mind starting out on that right now. Um, yeah, some some t-shirt porn. That's an OG. Um, a little bit tight-fitting now. I might have to do some work on that. Um, then we get the big one. And this is where, uh, shortly after this, I might have to split up the um, some of the things. So Extreme Aggression is 1989. On the back actually is my uh, signed ticket from Creator, um, which is from the gig in Dublin in 1990. And um, you can see my attempt at a little Creator logo on the top. How cute is that? It's got the little, uh, it's got a poster in there, which is, seems seemingly Stuck to the record. Eh, what are you going to do? Um, this re this is a great record. Um, it shows, I think it was recorded in Los Angeles, and you can hear the difference. It's, it's all of a sudden, there's a, a much more modern drum sound, a much more professional drum sound. The guitar tones are much more polished. Um, not in a bad way. It's still it's still very aggressively claustrophobic record. of extreme aggression, no reason to exist. Love Us or Hate Us was the hit at the time. Um... Well, Betrayer was the hit, actually. Betrayer video was uh, all the time on MTV. That was live, at the, I think, in the Rodon Club in Athens or something. Um, wild video. Bringer of Torture, Fatal Energy. You can see, slowly but surely by now, and it's happening in terrible certainty, the band are sort of edging into socially conscious lyrics, um, making commentary on society and that kind of thing. Um, why not, eh? Fatal Energy seems to be about um, Chernobyl. Um, bringer of Torture, Don't Trust. Um, that's what struck me always with Creator um, was that um, Melee had maybe a few more things to say in a socially conscious way than some of the other trashes or Big Four and I think that 
was his kind of own personal, you know, cross to bear through the years intellectually as he sort of grappled with, um, on the one hand, the fan base who wanted them to just stay making Pleasure to Kill forever and the fact that he wanted to say something about the state of the world. But you know what? You have Pleasure to Kill. Um, band like this is damned and if they do and damned if they don't. If they, and we'll get onto that, especially in part two of this, um, about how, what happens when you really change your sound. Um, but what that does is that when we get to those albums by creators that are very different, um, it doesn't unmake these records. You still have them. You don't have to fucking whinge about where they go because, you know, they can't make Extreme Aggression. They can't make this record for the next 24 years to until now. Or is it 34 years? Fucking hell, I just uh, lost a decade there. There you go. And that's because, to me, this is still sort of new, creator. <laughs> um, yeah, a great record. And this is the last one that I absolutely love. Uh, no, well, not entirely true. Um, but it's the last of that first era of Creator. And it saw them sort of... The, the European bands never quite got to that big four level. But certainly Creator were, you know, stepping into the ring with your overkills and testaments, I would have said. Now, this is the year... This is the album where I saw Creator, 1990. Um, they played with the unfortunate line of death, which had no Chuck Schuldiner in it. It was Death and uh, Creator. And Chuck um, just didn't show up um, to go on the tour for whatever reason. So there was like, I think the guitar player of Rotting Corpse, a roadie singing, who sounded more like Mike Muir than Death Metal, and um, Bill Andrews and Terry Butler. And it wasn't really Death, and they just played Zombie Ritual and stuff. So um, I remember old school creator fans in the crowd in Dublin flicking pennies at Frank Blackfire because they thought he was too posy on stage, too much of a poser. You know, make of that what you will. But in a very odd... The reason I got my f ticket signed, which you saw on the other record, is that we were kids and we were travelling out to Dunleary, which is way in the outskirts of Dublin, um, like quite a journey out on the train. And the venue was called the Top Hat, and it was quite famous. It closed down in maybe 91, but it was quite famous in the 1980s. It was in, I think, um, a ballroom or something like this, you know, skating, not ice skating, but... Uh, I don't know, whatever you want to call it, um, roller something, anyway, some sort of ballroom. Took about 1,200, maybe, maybe something like that is my memory of it. And now, because you're a kid, you always think everything is bigger than it is, so maybe it wasn't actually that big. Uh, but um, we were around the back of the venue. I th I'm not sure what we were doing. I'm sure somebody was trying to do something stupid and illicit. And Millet was just sitting in a truck. I'm um, listening to uh, Fate No More. And we end up sitting in the truck with him, just chatting about, well, oddly enough, Fate No More, because we'd just seen them with Prong. Uh, and just, it was just bizarre. We were like only 15 or something like this. And um, ended up sitting, talking to him for like 20 minutes, which when you're a kid was, you know, kind of like cherished thrash metal memory. This is a good record. At the time, death metal was beginning to take over and you know you you, you just extra regression was competing with slowly we rot and severed survival and altars of madness but by 1990 death metal was in full swing and it was swinging punches and thrash was taking some body blows uh and this is a good record um people of the lie terror zone world beyond when the sun burns red again more sort of eco environmental lyrics um but it's the, la it's the last of the classic creator, and I wouldn't hold it in the same esteem as the first few. It's more polished, it's more grown up, and all that kind of thing. And 
that's okay for what it is. But it's kind of where um, I get sort of left on the shore uh, here or hereabouts. But it's a good record. And I think probably the oldest creator record that modern creator or thrash metal fans will recognize the new-ish, the creator of the last 20 years, more in this sound than the sort of caustic, breakneck, relentless, on the edge of chaos creator that was the first couple of records. Again, killer artwork. You've got to hand it to fucking creator. Always had killer artwork. Um, now here, that's where the end of the that's the end of the vinyl porn and the end of the t-shirt porn. Uh, unsurprisingly, um, here is where we take a kind of a break. There's a two-year break, which this in the year 1991 is a very important year for metal because um, thrash is starting to disappear. You've just be before grunge comes in, hard rock, heavy metal is in its last gasp. You know, you've got painkiller just about coming out. Things are about to change very, very quickly after 91, 92 um, in the metal scene. And this record, I don't have this on record or on vinyl, uh, Renewal, um, is a record I oddly love. It shouldn't make sense to some people that I love this record, but I really love this. Karmic Wheel, Europe After the Rain is a great song. Um, Winter Martyrium, it's got a very strange, dense, odd sound, very daring kind of drum sound. Um, which I'd love to hear them play with the same drum sound now. I think maybe there's a, a bit of like, um, what could, could you say, Helmet Fugazi maybe? No, that can't be right. Uh, there's some hardcore creeping into the sound, but I'm not sure where that sonically it's, it's coming from. It's a daring sound. It's quite a dense, heavy, low guitar sound. The vocals, this is where the vocals, Millet's vocals change, and they never quite come back to that place they were. That high-pitched, you know, almost black metal uh, rasp never comes back. And you see Creator live throughout the 90s and 2000s. And it's not that... some. I think Millet's voice has changed. It sounds like year, Relentless Touring just cut that high-pitched rasp off. And he never quite got it back. Um, but this record is a pretty daring record, to say the least. Um, and it's probably... I prefer this to Coma Souls. All things said and done. Now... This is where it starts to get a bit squirrely for me because this is where I completely lost my um, way with Creator. I completely lost my... Uh, they just dropped off the radar of my attention um, because I was just mainly just interested in underground, black and death metal, black metal, tape trading. Um, and, you know, a song like, let's say, that it takes three years for them to come back with a new album. Um... And they're signing, I think, to Gun Records or something. Cause for conflict. I mean, I looked through the track list here. Prevail, Catholic, Despot, Crisis of Disorder, Bomford. I I don't know this record really at all. I mean, I know it-ish for the purposes of doing this, but I it meant very, very little to me. Frank Blackfire is on guitar. Um, Joey Cangliosi on drums. Wow, from Whiplash. Um... I don't know. I really don't know this record at all. But this represents a really strange period for Creator. And I think for a lot of those old thrash bands, they weren't sure where to go or what to do. Sodom were in their um, really strange, kind of punky, scuzzy, kind of weird phase. I don't know what Tanker were doing. Sod or Destruction didn't exist, I think. Um, and Creator is sort of, you know, you've gone from selling a quarter of a million, 300,000 of Coma Souls, and 
I guess things are in free fall to heading towards 30, 40,000. And you've seen your career being sort of downsized and quite what that must do to you if that's all you've known since 1982 and you're 15, 16, what do you do? Well, what created it is they made Outcast, um, which has leave this world behind. It has Phobia, which they still play, which is a kind of a hit from this record. At least it was a hit in Germany. Um, Black Sunrise, stronger than before. Yeah, this is this is not a bad record. Um, it's it's okay. It's for an old you know fan of like well, relentless breakneck speed metal. It's not going to do much for you, but it's not bad. Um, these will probably pop up on the screen somewhere as I'm talking about because I don't own them. Um, Endorama I did own, but I owned it on cassette, and I don't have any cassettes lying around. Um, Endorama is 1999. The band are clearly kind of lost here. They don't know what to do. I think they're influenced by Type 1 Negative. Um, goth a bit. They toured with Moonspell at this time. This is when Millet was wearing this unfortunate sort of PVC um, outfit. Uh, or top or something like this and it just I think they were trying to reinvent themselves in the post-century media mid-90s sort of gothic metal kind of world and it Enderama is not a bad record some old school fans will I prefer it for example than Cause for Conflict um, and I probably listened to it a lot more than I did Phantom Antichrist for example um, it's a uh, it's a kind of melodic goth record of Millie's trying to sing, which kind of works and kind of doesn't work. And the artwork is kind of cool. You can see where they're trying to go for this apocalyptic, millenarianist, millenarianist, or whatever you want to say, end of the millennium um, kind of um, pessimism. Sort of, it's riven through this record. Um, is it good? It's not bad. Um, if you're an old fan and you want to hear Bonebreaker and Dying Victims, then this ain't the record for you, that's for sure. Um, but as I had a conversation in 2000 with Mele, it was the first time Promodio played in Essen, and I ended up talking to him afterwards. And he just sort of said to me, well, look, you know, if I didn't make Enderama, I could not make Violent Revolution. So if you're a modern creator fan, this is your go-to, I guess. Uh, this is the, the, the big one. And this is the one that reinvented the band. Um, I own it, which speaks volumes, I suppose. I think it's a good record. It's a really good record. Reconquering the Throne, The Patriarch, Violent Revolution, Born of the Same Blood. Um, this is where a creator came back in from the wilderness and sort of grasped, um, you know, grasped the razor once again and kind of went, right, we're, you know, unashamedly trash speed metal. Um, but with a modern edge. It's got a modern sound. It's got modern production. It's one of the first... Um, old bands to kind of embrace modern production sounds. Um, crappy artwork that looks dated now. It looks like standard CGI bullshit from the time, um, which is pretty poor. But at the time, it made an impact, I guess. Um, like many, much artwork from that period in time, it just looks a bit strange. But um, this was this kicked me back into Creator, and this is when I saw, went to see them in um, Holland, I think. On the you know the with the destruction and Sodom tour, and all three bands were on the way back. I think Sodom were making Code Red, uh, and they were all destruction and reformed, and they were all kind of coming back to some place. And this is the beginning of that sort of what would you call it? The third act of Creator's career, perhaps um, the second half, maybe, but the third act. Violent Revolution. Now here is where things get a bit 
squirrely for me because I'm not going to lie and say that I know all of these records intimately and they are Enemy of God 2005, Hordes of Chaos 2009, Phantom Antichrist 2012, Gods of Violence 2017 and Hate to Borales in 2022. Um, of those records, I, my impression is Hordes of Chaos is maybe the best one and the most, um, but they, the most consistent. They're not bad records at all, but if you've been watching my call from the graves, um, you'll know what I'm going to say next, which is that they all have a rather similar tone, similar sound, similar dynamics. Now, there are elements of the songwriting that changes, especially on the last two records, um, Hate to Brellas and Gods of Violence, and you can hear sort of a certain sort of vacanization, a sort of amonomarthization. There's some sort of singing big choruses, you know, um, Satan is Real, 666, whatever it's called. Um, you can hear they're going for big choruses, kind of, fill a field at Vakan style courses. And there's nothing wrong with that because Crater never really did that the same way. And you can see they're adding um, songwriting that would have been, you could lift from accept or traditional heavy metal into their armory. Um, good for them. And the, the thing Crater really successfully did was they reinvented their career. They, they toured very cleverly and very carefully. They didn't over tour themselves and end up only, I saw them in somewhere in maybe 90, or 2001 maybe to like 250 people in Dublin, whereas now they would sell out, um, you know, eight, nine hundred, a thousand people easily. And they're headlining festivals with this big digital show and these huge digital backdrops. They, they, they did a very clever thing with what they decided to tour and decided not to tour. And they ended up being the headliners at festivals where you thought to yourself, well, creator really that big to headline um, some of these festivals? It didn't look that way in 99 didn't look that way in um, 2002 or three, but some very careful, careful management, some very clever management allowed them to do that. Um, Phantom Antichrist, ah, doesn't do much for me. Um, Enemy of God, again, they're not bad records, but they're riven through, like I said, second time I've used that word, with the same kind of tone, same kind of drum sound, same kind of vocals and same kind of approach. And to be honest, if I go for creator, I'm going to go for something from the 1980s. That's just my era. That's just my, um, that's more my style. That's more my um, generation. If you're a modern, if you're 23 and you're watching this going, ah, oh, you know, Hordes of Chaos is a fucking great record, etc. You know what? It might be as good as Como Souls. It might be. It's not as good as the ones before. And it certainly is not got that virgin territory moment that, you know, that sort of moment that all of those early creator records, um, um, you know, they were entering into virgin territory. This was thrash metal and it's nascent, um, youthful, impetuous, violent, prime. It's just about to take over the world. And those albums sound like that. They echo, that echo is reverberating through them um, uh, of, the, of a scene on it in its youthful ascendancy. And so now when you get to a band 30, 40 years into their career, they're middle-aged, um, how could they sound as vital as they did when they were young? That's just... That's the inherent contradiction of heavy metal because the blueprint of traditional heavy metal is that original um, thing. It's tethered to um, the testosterone of youth or whatever you want to say. This is not to say, of course, that you can't return there to some degree with some success, as all of those big four bands have done, um, Creator, Sodom, Destruction, Tanker, um, or many of those old bands have. Does it have the white hot energy of 1985, 86? No, but again, again, how could it? So you got to give kudos to Creator and hats off to Creator for managing their career so perfectly in the last 10, 15, 20 years. And realistically, it's not really, the music isn't really for maybe me anymore. Maybe it is, maybe it isn't, I don't know. But it doesn't speak much to me, but it, how could it 
seeing his pleasure to kill the first time hearing that was life altering almost you know and like i said if you said to me your favorite album of all time it's pleasure to kill i go yeah maybe so so my friends that's it a blitzkrieg run through of creator um hope you enjoyed it let me know in the comments what i should do next time see you then planning for your next trip elevate your travel style with quince quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway like european linen premium luggage options buttery soft italian leather bags and so much more and it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.